everyone. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, DBTPFL. It's Thursday. It is December 12th, 2019, and we are here to talk Week 15 NFL. I'm joined by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, I'm just, I'm glad I didn't sleep through our, um, you know, scheduled time today. Yeah, I'm proud of you for waking up. I'm really proud. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, um, you know, appreciate you jumping on here last minute, uh, filling in for Will. And, um, you know, you know, let's get this get thing rolling here. A lot of, lot of games to cover, so we're going to jump right in. If you guys haven't already, make sure you head on over to FantasyDraft.com. Awesome sponsors of the podcast. They got a ton of stuff going on for NFL this weekend, as they have had all season. They got their $175,000 Hooters main event, their $40,000 wishbone, $4 buy-in tournament. They got all kinds of stuff. They got big double-ups and 50-50s, $5, $10, $2, $25. They got a big $125 tournament. So, ton of stuff going on over there on Fantasy Draft. If you haven't checked them out, make sure you head on over there. Like I said, awesome, awesome sponsors of the podcast. We're going to start here with the Thursday night football game. We got the Jets and the Ravens. Baltimore is favored by 15 and a half in this game. You know, looking at the, the showdown slate here. Grant, what's kind of standing out to you for the Jets? Pass. No. Um, like, I don't know. It's just tough. It's obviously not a great matchup. The Jets it offense has shown some upside recently. Um, like, honestly – Depend. They are ruled out, pal. So if Montgomery plays, I think that's a pretty decent spot to play him. I mean, he's priced there at three k. Uh, if you're looking for some value here, outside of him, like you can go take a shot on Robbie Anderson. Chances are he's probably not going to do anything, but on the off chance where he does end up with a big, big catch, or if he ends up with a large amount of targets, problem is he's getting these targets against bad teams. I mean, maybe Darnold is showing better connection with him, maybe not. He's priced up a bit, but you got to look for something over on the Jets' side. My favorite tournament play is probably Montgomery, but Robbie Anderson would probably be the second guy I go with. Yeah, you know, obviously it's it's tough to like anything here. I think, um, you know, Daniel Brown is a little interesting uh, with Griffin already ruled out. You know, Daniel Brown played 85% of the snaps last week. We know Darnold likes these underneath easy throws. Um, so I don't hate like a Daniel Brown as like a, a tournament flyer here, but really for me, and I feel like for a lot of people, we're going to be loading up on Baltimore here. Um, I, I think that they're obviously the team that we're going to be stacking in this game. And, you know, you start with Lamar Jackson, you play Ingram, you play all these guys, you know, the tight end situation is where it gets interesting because I think you can take shots on Boyle and Hurst because uh, they both have touchdown equity um, every single week. Yeah, yeah, that's basically where I'm at. Like Boyle or Hurst, both priced around four, four and a half K. Um, both have a touchdown upside. Both can be heavily involved in the offense. I think that Andrews is still questionable. So obviously if he gets ruled out, which I kind of looking like he isn't, then it's going to be a spot where, you pretty much lock and load one of the two tight ends. Um, but outside of them, like Jackson, obviously, it's a fantastic play. He's just so darn expensive where it's really tough to fit him into your lineup. Um, Ingram, not a bad play. I think you can take a shot on Gus Edwards if you need to go with an off-the-board guy or even potentially Willie Sneed. Um, I know he hasn't done a whole lot this season, but he's been 
like a pretty decent touchdown equity guy. Like he already has five touchdowns on the season. He has three touchdowns in his last four games on only nine total targets. So he gives you a little bit of upside there at 5K, but outside of that, it's pretty much it. Yeah, like Baltimore has already clinched the playoff. They have a really good chance um, to clinch. I'm pretty sure they can – I don't know if they can clinch um, the first round by this week, but I, I'm pretty sure that it's this week that they can do it, um, depending on what Kansas City and New England does. So, you know, we know that they're in. Um, you know, it just really depends on where they're going to be. I think if you want to get different on this slate, you play somebody besides Lamar Jackson as your captain. I, I think he's going to be – the highest owned captain, I'm not saying in cash games that I would not play Jackson in your captain spot. That's a no-brainer for me. But in tournaments, I think you can take shots on other people here. Um, you know, Baltimore defense type stuff like that um, just to be different because Lamar Jackson captain is going to be insanely highly owned in this game. So, you know, if you want to be different in tournaments, you can definitely look at that. But Let's move on to the main slate here. We get started with Chicago at Green Bay, 41 total. Packers favored by five in this game. Is there anything that's standing out to you here for the Bears? Not really. I mean, I think you could, like, game script dependent. Cohen could have a decent game. Um, Robinson and Miller are kind of always in play. Trubisky has upside occasionally. Montgomery Price is all right, and it's a bad run defense. But I'm probably fading every single person from the Chicago team. Yeah, I don't really love the Bears. Like you said, Cohen, um, you know, is interesting. Montgomery has been getting carries. If he gets carries in this game, he could have a good game here. You know, I wouldn't be shocked by that. And, you know, I don't hate the price tag at 5,500. You know, if he's going to get 20 carries against this team, he can definitely hit value. But, you know, I just – it's tough to really trust anybody from the Bears. I'm with you. Um you know, I think that if Anthony Miller, his price didn't come up and like it, Gabriel could play too. We got to kind of watch that. So, yeah, I think Chicago could trail. So maybe some of these pass catchers are interesting if you're playing some Green Bay pieces here, but not a game that I love. You know, you go to the Green Bay side of things, you know, they've been absolutely crushing running backs with running backs all season. You know, we looked at last week. Aaron Jones had a big game. Him and Williams have had big games all season. Uh, what's your thoughts on the Packers? On the Packers, it's really just Aaron Jones and Devonta Adams for me and strictly GPP plays. Like Aaron Jones obviously can have a massive game versus pretty much any team. Um, like the Bears have definitely been more susceptible to run. They give up high volume of targets to opposing running backs. And Aaron Jones, obviously a guy that can get done in the receiving game to a massive extent. And then Devontae Adams, it's, it's just because of the massive volume he could potentially see. I know that Bears limit targets opposing wide receivers, but Adams is the focal point of this offense. He's probably going to end up with around 10 targets in this matchup here. Very easily could end up with two touchdowns. So you're just going for them, not based on the matchup, but strictly based on the upside. Um, yeah, I, I don't hate that idea. You know, Adams is just – He's always going to be a guy that, you know, you can look at here. So, um, definitely don't mind him ever. New England at Cincinnati, 40-and-a-half total here. Patriots favored by 10 in this game. Um, you know, what are you liking here for the Patriots? I mean, you can take a shot on Sony, but I'm not going to. He's just been kind of phased out of the offense a bit in most weeks. But it is Belichick. Any given time, he can give Sony a whole bunch of work. So, I don't hate that play i'm not going to do it james white obviously a guy 
be heavily involved in the receiving game, and he's been getting more work in the actual running game recently. So he's a guy going up against a terrible Cincinnati defense that could do quite a bit of work. Edelman, if he plays and it looks like he's fine, then obviously probably going to get 10, 12 targets in this matchup here, has touchdown equity, has 100-yard receiving upside, and I don't think he's going to draw a lot of ownership. But another game where I just don't see a whole lot. Yeah, you know, Cincinnati's 30th in DVOA, you know, 30th against the pass, 28th against the run. Sonny Michelle week. I really think Sonny Michelle scores two touchdowns this week. So he's a guy that I have pretty high up on my list this week. I, I think he's going to have a good game. I think you can always play Edelman. Um, but, yeah, this is just not a game that I expect Cincinnati. I like New England defense in this game. I think they have a lot of upside. So the New England defense, Sonny Michelle stack, even on the road here, I think is very interesting against Cincy. And then on the other side of this game, you know, the Patriots allow the least amount of fantasy points to quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers. And I just don't see myself playing anybody from Cincinnati in this spot. Yep. Pass. Yeah, just we'll, we'll quickly get through this one. Houston at Tennessee, 50 total here. Tennessee favored by three. Um, this game right here is a game that I circled um, when I started this week. And, like, you just look at this game and – this this game just screams shootout. This is for, you know, who's going to be leading the South as far as the AFC goes heading into the last two weeks. Like, this game is is a big game, and, like, I don't know if enough people are talking about this game. I mean, I feel like a lot of people are talking about it. I mean, Watson is clearly one of the best plays on the entire slate at QB. He's one of the safest plays considering the implied total, what he can get done with his legs and his price tag on a slate where we don't really have a whole lot of reliable quarterbacks. So Watson, definitely a guy that's in play for cash and tournaments. Shows a lot of upside. If you're going to pair him with someone, it's obviously Hopkins. Even if Fuller ends up playing, uh, I still like Hopkins, just not nearly to the extent. If Fuller ends up playing, though, I think you can take a shot on Fuller. We know that he is a guy that can go deep at with any given pass. He has massive yards upside. When we saw against Atlanta with 217. We saw it against Indy with 140, a team that doesn't really give up at a lot of big plays or a lot of uh, points to opposing wide receivers. So wide receiver, I think you can go with either of them. And then Duke Johnson is looking kind of interesting here. Um, I could see Tennessee being up by a decent amount. They've gotten ahead by large amounts to opposing or against most teams recently. They've been putting up massive points totals. And Houston has a tendency to kind of get down early in a lot of games. So Duke Johnson, if they're down early, he's probably going to come in the game and be heavily involved in the receiving game. Eight targets and six targets the last two weeks. Has some touchdown equity. Can actually run the ball. So Duke Johnson at 4,100. If you're looking for some value, it's not a bad play. Yeah, I don't hate that idea. You know, I, I really do like the spot for Hopkins. I think he, you know, crushes here. Jordan Akins is another guy that, like, randomly finds the end zone. I think he's a large field tournament tight end play. at nine targets last week. Um, ran a lot more routes than Fells. So, don't mind Akins um, if Fuller sits. Um, Kiki Kote had eight targets last week, too. So, you'll have to kind of pay attention to that one if we get news that uh, Fuller is going to be out. Um, you know, he's you know, pretty cheap across the industry. So, you could you could definitely take a shot on Kote if you if you remember heading into the season like he was a guy that was talked about a lot um, with this Houston team so, um, but yeah I like Watson as well uh, you know you mentioned him I like him and Hopkins a lot in this game and then going to the other side you know I, I keep I keep tooting my own horn but I was really right about Ryan Tannehill um, 
you know, getting a fair shot here in Tennessee, and he's really taking advantage of it. He's 6,500 this week, but I think he has 30-plus point upside in this game, and I don't think a lot of people will end up playing him. And, you know, we look at this team, Houston's allowing the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks over the last four games. Yeah, I think the third most fantasy points on the season, if I remember correctly, but could be wrong there. Yeah, Yeah, uh, so, yeah, Tannehill right there with you. Great, great tournament play. Like, he's a guy – he can't continue to be this efficient, but this is the type of game where he could end up throwing 35, 40 passes. I mean, we saw it against Carolina earlier on in the season. Any game where it's potentially going to be close, he could end up with a large volume. He's only thrown 27, 22, 18, 19 the last four games, but – those have been a little bit different scenarios. Derrick Henry's gone just absolutely buck wild and just run all over defenses. And the games haven't really been close. If this game's close, he could see a larger volume of tar- or larger volume of passes here. And then Derrick Henry, I'm going to keep playing him. Like what he's doing right now, the workload he's getting, the efficiency he's had, he's just going to continue to just keep crushing. And 8,500 people aren't going to play him at this price tag. I'm going to because 35 point upside. Very much in play. If I'm work, if I'm picking a wide receiver, it's AJ Brown. I know that he's the most priced up of them, but just the explosive plays they can get, the massive catches he can get, the touchdown equity, everything. Like he's clearly Tannehill's favorite target. He's got a lot of a uh, lot of talent here. AJ Brown's a fantastic play for tournaments at 6K. Yeah, and I think you can pair Tannehill with Henry too. Like it's definitely been working a lot recently. You know, Henry's been having these big games. Tannehill's been having these big games. So, you know, obviously you'd use a lot of cap, but I like the Tannehill-Henry-Hopkins stack. I, I think that, like, that's a way to game stack this game. But I, I really like this game. I really like Tennessee. And, um, yeah, just Derrick Henry's been absolutely crushing. This is a good matchup for him as well. So, you know, ever since Watt has gone out, this team has been a lot worse against the run. So, really like Den- Derrick Henry um, in this spot as well. Moving on, we got Denver at Kansas City, 46-and-a-half total here. Kansas City favored by 10 in this game. Uh, what's standing out to you here for the Denver Broncos? I mean, Locke's just been on a tear. He's looking great in that offense. 5,700. He's one of my favorite QBs on the entire slate. He's gotten 27 points in the last game with only 27 passes. This is a game where they're likely to be trailing for the majority of the game. And so he's probably going to be throwing quite a bit. They won't rely as heavily on their running backs as they have been. And taking him and pairing him with Sutton, who's just been fantastic this year, has is a great wide receiver, is has a connection with Locke. I really like him at 5,900. He's one of my favorite receiver plays on the entire slate. And Noah Fant, guys, it's probably going to be overlooked if he ends up playing. Played absolutely fantastic last week. Has huge upside. Has 200-yard, uh, two separate 100-yard games so far this season. Has touchdown equity. Probably would have had a touchdown if he hadn't dropped it against the Chargers there. So that would have been two in the last two weeks. He's shown a connection with Locke here. He should put up a boatload of points, and no one's really going to play him because all the top price tight ends are in great spots. Yeah, if Noah Fant ends up sitting, I think Royce Freeman is really interesting for tournaments. They almost split carries or snaps last week. I think it was like 51 and 49% between Lindsey and Freeman, and it's been that way, you know, a good portion of the season. So if Noah Fant gets out, Freeman becomes a guy that's really interesting in the passing game out of the backfield. So I think he sees some more, you know, some extra snaps and, you know, a few extra targets here. So 
Definitely wouldn't mind Royce Freeman. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you on Sutton. I think this is a really good spot for him. It's very obvious that Drew Locke is going to, you know, target Sutton a, a lot in this passing game. On the Kansas City side, you know, Kansas City's always in play. Tyree Kill, you know, he's pretty much unguardable. Sammy Watkins had eight targets last week. Kelsey's going to get in a ton of targets. The running game is a mess. Um you know, we saw the McCoy play. We saw Thompson play. And then freshly signed Spencer Ware played. I, I'm just staying away from the running game at this point. Um, none of these guys are playing enough snaps. Like, Spencer Ware played the most snaps last week. Like, that makes zero sense. But he's 3,100 if you want to roll the dice. But there's zero chance I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm staying away from the running backs entirely. I just don't trust anything. There's other good plays on this slate, so – there's no reason for me to go to KC just hoping that one of them magically gets the lion's share of the workload. Where I'm looking at, it's Hill, it's Kelsey, it's Mahomes. It's Mahomes and his favorite options. Tyreek Hill, it's a not an easy matchup. He's a guy that can absolutely crush given matchup. We saw him earlier on the season with Matt Moore throwing the ball to him go for a 50-yard touchdown against this team. We've seen him do big things in the past versus this team. He's a guy that can crush his $7,500 price tag and be the highest-scoring wide receiver on the slate. And then Kelsey – Denver funnels a whole lot of targets to opposing tight ends. He's a guy that has been getting a lot of touchdowns recently in comparison to what he was doing earlier on this season. He's getting high volume of targets, going to be even bigger this week. He's a guy that I really like in this spot here. The problem is there's a lot of good tight end options. Yeah, you know, it's it's Tyreek, it's Kelsey, it's Mahomes. Like, I'm with you. Maybe a few shots on Sammy Watkins just because he owes me. Um, Never again. <laughs> Never he again. Owes me. He owes me so much. Um, we got the Dolphins and the Giants, 46.5 total here. Giants favored by 3.5. Um, it's always weird to say this, but this is one of my favorite games on the slate. Like, I played a lot of Ryan Fitzpatrick last week. Going right back to the well and playing a lot of Ryan Fitzpatrick this week, um, I absolutely – Love this game and love so much about this game. And really, we don't even know who's going to be playing wide receiver this week for the Dolphins, and I still like Fitzpatrick here. Yeah, I mean, everyone laughed at me when I said play Fitzpatrick the first six of the week, weeks of the season, or first three because they didn't start the next two. Look at him now. Greatest QB in the league by far. Um, no, but Fitzpatrick, like, even if he doesn't have a whole lot of guys to throw to, he can get done with his legs. Um, so it's an interesting spot here going up against a bad Giants defense. And if Parker is out, if Parker's in, you play Parker. If Parker's out, then Hearns and Isaiah Ford are probably going to get a large volume of this passing game. And Hearns, we know that they want to stick with him. They are giving him a big contract. He's been getting targets in recent weeks. And if Parker's out, he's going to see an even larger volume of it. Love both of them. I think you can go with Layer just as a cheap option here. Going to be heavily involved in the receiving game. Five targets in each of the last two games. Plus, Everyone loves Laird. If you don't, then you should not play DFS because he's fantastic. Um, and then Gusecki, not a bad player. Like, I like all parts of this passing game just because they're so darn cheap. And pairing them with Fitzmagic is just an easy thing to do. Yeah, really, it's all going to depend on Parker. If Parker sits, you look at Hearns and Ford, like you said, Gusecki as well. Patrick Laird, Laird um, obviously, he's another guy. He had 15 carries last week. Gaskins only had four. He outsnapped him 84% to 17 and a half. So, 
they played a couple snaps together, but you know, it, it's it's Patrick Laird um, in this backfield, and he's definitely in play on PPR sites um, going up here against the Giants, who they stink. So definitely don't have to get involved in that. But you know, going to the other side of this game, like Eli Manning is very interesting here. Um, you know, it's the Dolphins. Eli is really cheap at 5,200. I like cheap quarterbacks. And the other thing that's kind of standing out here is like Evan Ingram is getting really close to returning and could play in this game. Golden Tate could play in this game. Like he could have his his full like go here with all these guys. And, And Barkley is probably one of the best running backs on the slate. Yeah, Barkley will start out there, 7,700 going up against one of the worst run defenses in the league. He's heavily involved in the passing game. He should get a large volume in this game here. He should absolutely crush. He's had some bad games recently, but he hasn't broken out for big runs since week one where he had a 59-yard run. It was something that was happened with consistency last year. I know the Dolphins' inability to tackle for the most part and their bad run defense. He can absolutely go for 200-plus yards in this matchup here. Plus, he could end up with 10 targets, or he could end up with 10 targets here. Manning, too cheap. Pairing him with Barkley is not a bad idea, considering how much Manning dumped off the ball to Barkley last season. He had 123 uh, targets, I think, last season. So it's not going to be surprising at all if we get 10-plus targets here, although I don't think he's going to need to as much because – Dolphins aren't going to get nearly as much pressure as a lot of other teams will. And then pairing him with a guy like Tate, Shepard, Ingram, like all depending on whose play is not a bad idea. Who plays is not a bad idea. And if Tate and Ingram are both out, then I think we look at Slayton again, just what he did in the last game, the big games that he's had in the last four weeks. He's a guy that's heavily involved in this offense. If the other wide receivers or Ingram and Tate are both out, then he's a guy at 4,700 that offers a lot of value. Um, I don't really have anybody else, right? I think that's it from this one. Yeah. Eagles and Redskins, 40 total here. Philly favored by four in this game. Um, you know, Jeffrey not expected to play. Nelson Aguilar is questionable. Um, JJ Arcia Whiteside is questionable. Um, the whole running back situation is questionable. What do you like here for Philly? For Philly? I mean, we have to wait and see what happens if Aguilar plays. Then you play Aguilar at 4K. He's just a fantastic um, price savings for a guy that's going to get a boatload of uh, work in this game here. I think that you can play Wentz just because Washington is so bad, um, but it's not a great play. Ertz, Goddard, both of them are fantastic plays, especially if Aguilar's out because they're the two they're the two main wide receivers on this team. I'm probably for the most part staying away from the running back uh, running game, but. We just saw Bart Scott get a decent amount of work, and he's 3K. I think he's a potential tournament flyer. He's a guy that can be heavily involved in the receiving game here. So Bart Scott could be a great, great GDP play there at 3K. And then outside of that, we just wait and hear on Aguilar's news. And if he's out, then Whiteside and Greg Ward are, I think, literally the only two wide receivers that are on the roster at this moment. Yeah, what's crazy here is – we have to look at it this way. Dallas is six and seven and Philly's six and seven. The East and the NFC is wide open. Um, it, it's going to be one of these two teams. So like Philly still has something to play for after everything. And as bad as this team has been this season, like Philly still has something to play for because the East and the Cowboys have been so terrible as well. So, you know, it, it's, it's three games out of the whole season. I think Dallas has the tiebreaker. Um, 
So it's just really like it's going to come down to this. But, you know, you have to – you kind of have to like Philly here because they're playing for something and they have a lot of injuries. So we got to wait and see, like you said, on Nelson Aguilar. He did not participate in practice on Wednesday. That's not a good sign to start the week. So we're going to have two really cheap receivers here with Whiteside and Ward, like you mentioned, and then, like, the tight ends. Ertz and Goddard are both in play here if we get news that Nelson Aguilar does not suit up because they have to win this game. Like, this is a must-win spot for Philly because, you know, Washington's 3-10 and 10 and they ter- they're terrible. Um, I also kind of like the Philly defense a little bit in this game, too. Um, is there anything here that's standing out to you for Washington? AP with guys out, just based on sheer volume and the fact that he's AP. He can go for 100 yards. He can go for a touchdown or two. He's 4.4K. If I, I can get 20 points out of him and be happy. I mean, he put up what one yard away from a, what is it, 18-point outing, which is more than enough to get me there. For 4,400, um, you can play McLaurin. I'm not. Like, he's always got upside, but I'm not playing him with Haskins at QB. Yeah, even with the Ohio State connection, um, there's just so many guys that are cheaper. Uh, I just don't see a ton of upside here with McLaurin. And he was a guy that we played a ton at the beginning of the season, but obviously things change. Tampa Bay at Detroit, 46.5 total here. Tampa favored by 3.5 in this game. Um Let's start here with the the Buccaneers. Obviously, you know, we know Mike Evans not going to play, um, which frees up some wide receiver value, maybe some tight end value here. Um, what are we looking at when it comes to Tampa Bay? I mean, I think Godwin's going to be the chalk wide receiver on the slate, and it's it's basically like it's, it's he's the top option for a reason. Uh, without Mike Evans in the offense, he should see a higher volume of targets. He should see more work, and he – is a guy that's had massive upside this entire season. We've seen him go for 30 points multiple times so far. And we've already seen a 40-point game out of him, or two rather. So he's a guy that is very much in play, a guy that I want to play a lot of. Outside of him, Perryman and Watson will probably see the majority of the work here. Both of them are cheap enough where in this type of offense, going up against the Detroit's defense, can put up big games. O.J. Howard and Braid are both in play. I can see them moving O.J. Howard out wide. I know that Bruce Arians doesn't seem to like him, but he's gotten five targets and six targets the last two weeks. He's probably going to be more involved in the game because he is such a great wide receiver or a great receiver. Um, so either one of those guys are fine. Winston's fine. But outside of Godwin, I'm not overwhelmingly happy to play anyone. Yeah, I'll mix in some Perryman. I'll mix in some Watson. I'll mix in some O.J. Howard. I'll play some Winston. I'm not touching the running back situation. These guys are just – it's really just a coin flip at this point. Who's going to play the snaps? Like, you know, nobody played over 35% of the snaps last week. Nobody has played over 50% in, in like, I think four or five straight games. So, I I like Chris Godwin. I like Watson. Those are probably my two favorites. But Perryman and Howard with Winston. This team, Detroit has really struggled with, you know, just the pass in general here. So – and this game's indoors. Like – you know, it's that time of the year where indoor games matter. Um, you know, the Detroit side of things, we, we've talked about it all season. This this Tampa Bay defense is number one in DVOA against the run, but they're allowing the fourth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. David Blau, um, he's cheap, 5,300, just like Eli. This is another guy that I like as a cheap quarterback play here going up against this funnel defense. 
David Blau might be my favorite QB on the entire slate. Going up against Tampa Bay, we know it's a funnel defense. Yes, he did just lose Marvin Jones, but he still has Galladay, and Amendola is a pretty decent wide receiver. Um, so, like, he still has a bunch of upside. He's probably going to see a whole bunch of work in this game. They don't really want to run, and Tampa Bay is very much a funnel pass defense. So both of them are fantastic plays. I love, I love, love, love Blau. And I love play, pairing him with Galladay here. Outside of that, really not a whole lot I'm looking at. I mean, with the lack of depth at wide receiver, maybe Lacey gets in the game a decent amount. I don't know. I have to. He's I'm going to have to play this game. Yeah. And he's 3K, like, just based on the pass bundle of uh, Tampa Bay. And, and the lack of depth, Lacey at 3K has to be in play. And so does Amendola. Yeah, let me be clear. Like, Galladay is one of my favorite plays on the slate. Uh, I just want to make sure that's clear. Like, I love this spot for him. He's going to get a ton of targets in this game. And then I like Amendola on the cheap side. Um, don't know how much I'd play Amendola on, like, a fan duel. But I think Amendola is a really good play on, you know, Fantasy Draft and DraftKings where we get a full point PPR. Um, but outside of that, like, I don't really like Jesse James. I don't like Logan Thomas. Don't really want to trust those guys. You know, the snaps are all over the place. The routes are all over the place. Um, so, don't want to trust either one of those guys. Just watch Jesse James snake two touchdowns from Galladay. Yeah. I'm gonna text and just you ruin and my day. Just texting you and yelling at you if that happens. Seattle Seahawks, Carolina Panthers, 48 and a half total here. Seattle is favored by six in this game. Um I think, you know, you're probably looking at Chris Carson in all formats this week. Yeah, yeah, no, he's going – without Penny in the offense, he's going to just get a boatload of carries. We saw earlier on the season without Penny there. He was getting 25-plus carries almost every single matchup. Carolina has been atrocious versus the run so far this season. So Carson is absolutely a guy that I'm looking at to just crush in this spot. He's going to be one of the higher-owned running backs on the slate. Wilson probably not going with him. Not going with Lockett, not going with Metcalf. Interesting guy is Gordon. He got five targets last week. He's still a great wide receiver, and he's at 3,700. The beginning of the season, when you heard he was going to be playing this year, I didn't think I'd ever see him at this price tag. But here we are in a different offense with a probably better quarterback at this moment. Um, Josh Gordon makes an interesting tournament option here. Yeah, I like that call. Um, I definitely don't hate this one. Um, but, yeah, it like I'm starting with Carson here. I always think you could take shots on Russell Wilson. Um, but I like Josh Gordon. I, it's just the, the receivers. Like, Lockett had six targets. More, Metcalf had six targets. Gordon had five targets. Turner had three. Moore had two. Like, I have more interest in playing a guy like Hollister um, in this spot at, at 3,800. He's just – He's getting consistent targets in this offense, and he's a red zone threat. So, you know, Hollister is a guy, like, if I was playing Wilson, I'd probably pair him with either Hollister or Carson or both. Um, but, yeah, I don't I don't hate the wide receivers. It's just, you know, you got to figure out which one's going to score the touchdowns or, or touchdown. So, you know, it's tough to, it's tough to love those guys, but uh, really love Carson here. As far as Carolina goes, you know, Christian McCaffrey, always, you know, a guy that you can look at. But are you a little concerned with Christian McCaffrey at this, you know, 10K price tag? And, you know, 
they got down against Atlanta. You know, he still had 12 targets in that game. Like, he's still on the field. He's still getting his workload. He just is not getting as much rushing attempts as we would hope for. Yeah, still don't care. Um, he's game script proof. He's going to get volume. He should crush. It's that simple. Um, he had a terrible yeah. game last week and scored 24 and a half fantasy points. Yeah, he had a terrible game last week, scored 24 and a half points. Terrible game the week before, still had 17. Decent game the week before that, but only averaged 2.9 yards per carry and ended up with 34 points. The guy is going to get it done. It's just going to happen. 10K, you're getting a little bit of a price decrease for a guy averaging 30 points on the season. I'll take 3X from him at that price tag. Outside of him, DJ Moore, Ian Thomas are fine plays. I'm probably not really going with him. Is Olsen expected back? He's uh, questionable still, right? Yeah, still questionable. Concussion, so he was yeah. a limited participant Wednesday. But it's concussion, so you never really know, especially with a guy at his age. Yeah, I would really like Ian Thomas here. Uh, Seattle's allowing the most fantasy points to opposing tight ends over the last four weeks and the second most on the season. So, Ian Thomas, 10 targets last week. If I want Olsen to sit. Like, I think Thomas would be one of the best tight end plays on the entire slate if Olsen sits. So, um, I, I don't even hate Olsen if he plays at 3,900 because it's, you know, concussion. It's not like foot or, you know, arm or anything like that. So, um I wouldn't mind playing Greg Olson if he plays. Jacksonville at Oakland, 45.5 total here. Oakland favored by 6.5 in this game. Uh, what's kind of standing out to you here for Jacksonville? In Foreman, that's a decent play. we got a lot of running backs around the same range, but Oakland's run defense hasn't been the same as it was earlier on in the season. So, for net, just the amount of workload he's getting in a game that probably is going to be fairly close, in my opinion. Um, he's a guy that's in play. Minshew is cheap. Shark, Didi. Conley all have upside of the price tags, but no one's really standing off the page here. Um, all these guys are just in play. They're not great plays. Yeah, like I like Leonard Fournette in the spot. I think he's, you know, probably the guy that I'd have the most interest in the spot, but I don't love it. If DJ Chark doesn't play, I think Chris Conley becomes very, very interesting. Um, you know, DJ Chark is unlikely to play in this game, so – if that happens, I think that, you know, you can look at Didi, you can look at, you know, Conley in this game. You don't really trust the tight end situation. So, you know, these guys are cheap. Chris Conley's 3,600 here going up against Oakland. Um, and Minshew will chuck in this game. So, you know, especially if Westbrook sits too, like, man, like. Deep you know, tournament. If Westbrook and Shark sit. Keenan Cole. Yeah, buddy. Uh, Keelan Cole, we saw the type of upset. Like, if. If Chark and Westbrook both sit, I pretty much have to play like 40% Minshew, Conley, Cole, double stacks. Like just all over the place. I don't see how they don't end up paying off massive value. Cole is a good wide receiver that just is in an offense with three other better wide receivers. Like this Jacksonville team, they may not be great, but they actually do have some decent wide receiver pieces here. So, if both those guys are out, Keelan Cole at 3K, I'm just going to lose a boatload of money with it. Yeah, what's what's funny about it, too, is, like, all the I, I like all these, like, cheap quarterbacks. So, like, expensive quarterbacks are just going to go nuts this week. That's, that's what's going to happen. Um, yep. So, yeah, pay attention to the injury news here. And, you know, Leonard Fournette, you know, he's the guy that gets a lot of targets with Minshew at quarterback. So, 
Um, the Oakland side, obviously, we're waiting on Josh Jacobs news. Um, you know, they were optimistic, and then like Gruden like made sure everybody knew that just because um, the MRI was good doesn't mean he's going to necessarily play. So we'll have to kind of wait and see. This is a four o'clock game. If if we get news that Jacobs doesn't play, like you know, Washington becomes another great value play here in the passing game against this run defense like you know he would be a guy that i'd be very very high on in this spot yeah if jacobs doesn't play play washington jacksonville's allowed pretty close i think they're still the top of the league in terms of rushing yards per attempt to opposing running backs if jacobs does play play jacobs for that exact same reason after that i'm not playing Derek carr i'm not playing tyrell i'm not playing zay jones the one guy i will play is waller Without Moreau in that offense, snaking his touchdowns, which Waller's been fantastic this season. He only has three touchdowns. So without Moreau in there, he's probably going to end up with one here. So really like Derek Waller here. Really like whatever running back ends up playing. All right. um, We move on. We got the Browns and the Cardinals. 48 total here. Cleveland's favored by two in this game. Um, What do you like here for Cleveland? Uh, if he plays, which it looks like he, which he should, Najoku, 4,200, going up against the Cardinals. I know they didn't do too much last week, but he's probably going to be largely overlooked when he was one of Baker's favorite targets. Um, I know he's been out for a while, but he looks like he's, for the most part, at full health. Najoku, probably going to crush in this matchup. Um, Landry and Beckham, both questionable, but I'm assuming they're going to play going up against a bad Arizona defense. This isn't a bad stack spot with Mayfield and two of Landry, Beckham, and Njoku. Um, I like all of them at their price tags. They should get volume against a very bad pass defense. It's just that simple. I don't think I'm playing Chubb or Hunt, like, unless I'm not playing any other Cleveland player. Like, it's strictly going to be a one-off for Chubb, hoping that the game just gets out of hand and then they just run the ball over and over again with Chubb. But that's the only real reason that I would use him yeah, pretty much it. I mean, it's a pretty cut and, cut and dry team to go over. Yeah, they're playing like they're playing both Hunt and Chubb over fifty percent of the snaps. Um, like if you come across Chubb or like Hunt cheaper on any of the other sites, like they're both kind of interesting. You know, they're both going to get you know plenty of work here. Um, you know, Cream Hunt getting carries, Chubb getting carries, so. But I agree with you. I think Landry is interesting. Odell Beckham eventually is going to have a big game. Just continue to, you know, keep playing him and wait for it. Um, but I don't mind the Baker call there. Kyler Murray on the other side of this game, I think he's a little interesting here. You know, Kenyon Drake still getting a majority of the snaps at running back. Christian Kirk and, and Fitzgerald getting a majority of the targets. Um, so, I think you look at Murray. I think you compare him with Kirk. Um, I don't hate Kenyon Drake, but really, like, my favorite play here is probably Christian Kirk. Yeah, Christian Kirk's one of my favorite plays on the entire slate. People will look at his numbers, see they hasn't done great recently. It was against Pittsburgh. It was against Jalen Ramsey and the Rams. It was against San Francisco. Before that, absolutely smashed against Tampa Bay. Before that, did nothing versus San Francisco. Fantastic team. Like, he has not done well in tough matchups, but in – good matchups which this one isn't good but it's not bad he can absolutely smash we should see a large volume rim i really like kyler murray i really like christian kirk and that's really it for me here i'm not i'm done playing fits which maybe just dumb at this point but 
I, I, there's no reason for me to play Fitz. Like he made, he doesn't show a huge amount of upside. Still going to get some targets, but I just don't. I, I don't want to play anymore. It's all Christian Kirk for me or nothing. All right, uh, we move on. We got the Vikings and the Chargers. Forty-five total here. Minnesota is favored by two and a half in this game. Anything kind of standing out to you here for the Vikings? I mean, I think Thielen, now that he's back in the offense, like it's not a great matchup versus the Chargers, but it's still Adam Thielen, and I don't think he's going to be heavily owned. He's six to three hundred, which is really cheap here. I think you could potentially take a shot at him as it looks like he's going to play. Cook. I think he's going to miss the cut for me um, just strictly because the other running backs in the range, he's still probably dealing with that chest injury. Um, I know he got a huge workload earlier on the season, but I don't know if they'll give that to him here. Um, I think Madison will probably still take some away just because they don't want Cook to be banged up for the playoffs. So really, like, I don't have a whole lot of interest in anyone outside of probably Thielen or Diggs. They got to make the playoffs first. Like <laughs> they're they're in the they're in the hunt obviously. They're 9 and 4, but man, the NFC is it's loaded this year. Like, you know, you look at the two teams in the wild card, it's Seattle at 10 and 3 and Minnesota at 9 and 4, and you got the Rams at 8 and 5 waiting right behind them. So it's not like this is like a guaranteed spot. Actually, Dalvin Cook um is interesting here for tournaments. Uh we look at the Chargers are 23rd in DVOA um, against the run this season. And, you know, they're a team that is, you know, ranked 24th against pass catching running backs. So I, I think that, like, this is a spot Cook could get an extra couple targets and um, have a good game here. And the Chargers really aren't playing for anything. So I think Dalvin Cook is interesting. Um, don't mind Thielen, like you said, if he plays. If he doesn't play, I think you can look at Diggs. On the Chargers side of things, like, again, they're not really playing for anything. And, you know, we kind of saw Eckler get a little bit more work than Melvin Gordon last week. And I wouldn't be shocked if we see that again in this game. I mean, it it just ended up training that way because of the blowout and because he was doing so well. They wanted to give him that 100 yards rushing and 100 yards receiving. Melvin Gordon was clearly the guy in the first half. He was running a whole lot. He actually got a touchdown snake from and by what I would drastically prefer Melvin in this spot here. I mean, I'm fine with Eckler for tournaments, but Melvin prior to, or yeah, prior to this week, 12 carries in a blowout where they weren't running him at all in the second half. He had 15 points in the first half or 16 points in the first half ended up with 19 um, against Denver, 20 carries against KC, 12, 14 carries against Oakland, 22 carries against Green Bay, 20 carries. We're getting Melvin Gordon pretty much in the same exact role we saw with him last year at 6,500, where he has massive touchdown equity. It's not an easy matchup here, but I really like Melvin. I like Keenan Allen at his price tag. I think that he could potentially be in for a big game going up against a defense that has given up the third most points to opposing wide receivers. And Mike Williams is just too cheap. He finally got a touchdown last week. But in the last three weeks, 14 points, 19 points, and nine points, I guess. But he ended up with 76 yards in that matchup. He's a guy that can go for deep bombs almost every single time. He's had three, four straight weeks, five straight weeks, six straight weeks. Wow, I didn't even realize the six straight weeks of a catch over 40 yards. The guy has big play potential. He has touchdown equity if they actually target him in the red zone. He's 4,600. I love Mike Williams. All right. You know, I don't hate it. Um, also, Hunter Henry, Minnesota. I scored a touchdown last week, Mike Williams. So, well, Yeah, I played a bunch of them. I was pretty happy about that, even though – 
He didn't do great. I'll take I'll take a 14-point game from him at his price tag. Yeah, it was nice to finally welcome him to 2019. Rams and Cowboys, 49 total here. Rams favored by one in this game. Um, Grant, this is the best game stack on the week. This is the game stack that is the best game stack on the week. It's two teams and a must win. I think that this is going to be a really high-scoring football game. Yeah, and every Ram is underpriced. we got Jared Goff at 9,100. Dallas is in a great defense. You look at their numbers, a lot of it's based on the fact that they were playing just absolute garbage teams at the beginning of the year. I mean, you look at what their defense was doing against the Giants, the Redskins, Miami, Bridgewater, New Orleans. It was good, but really they haven't been that great the rest of the season. Um, it's that simple. Like, Goff should crush here. Gurley is in a great spot going up against a team that gives up a large volume of targets to opposing running backs, and he's been getting 20-plus carries recently. So he's a guy at 6K that's way too cheap considering what he can do. Yes, I'm concerned about Malcolm Brown snaking a touchdown, but don't care. Still going to use a lot of Gurley. Woods clearly the top option in this offense right now, which probably means that Cup's going to end up with 12 targets this week. Cooks is pretty much out of the offense, so it's Woods and it's Cup and it's Higby, who is also too cheap, going up against a team that gives up a lot of targets to opposing tight ends. Higby had 11, 8, and 6 in the last three weeks. If Everett misses, Higby's a fantastic option. I love everyone in this offense outside of Cook, which I really don't even hate just because he's 4,500. Yeah, don't get fooled here um, by Dallas allowing, you know – really they've been really better against the tight end recently don't don't get fooled by that they are 28th in dvoa against tight ends like if everett sits like higby continues to be a fantastic option um and he's still under 4k so love him love woods like you said cooper cup i probably will have a couple teams um with cooks because i just love this game so much and like cooks still playing a decent amount of snaps. Um, so love this game and don't hate the Todd Gurley call. Like I said, I, I want to stack this game a bunch of different ways. This is one of my favorite games on the week. Um, and, and then on the Dallas side, like, you know, you go, you go thinking here that Ramsey's going to shut down Cooper, right? So like, this is a week we play Gallup. This is a week that we potentially look at Cobb and Witten. Like I, I really like the Dallas side. And I, you know, obviously Zeke is another guy you can look at here. Yeah, Zeke just based purely on volume is a great play. But the guy, my favorite guy in this offense is Gallup. Um, yep. Gallup, we know his big play potential. We know the, the volume has been there. 10, 7, 6, 13, 10 targets in the last weeks. Um, we've seen him put up 20-point-plus games at the beginning of the season. Going up against a Rams team where they may end up shadowing Cooper with Ramsey. I think you take one of these wide receivers in pretty much every single one of your um, – lineups you take Cooper or you take Gallup one of them is going to go absolutely crazy here Prescott I don't mind using him even in a tough matchup versus the Rams whose defense has been really good recently Dak on pace for 5,000 yards I believe right now should probably smash in the spot here you're right this game stack I don't really have a bad thing to say about anyone but I am not playing Witten at 3,700 I don't care yeah, there's a bunch of good tight end plays today um, or this week. So, I can completely understand that. It was just more of like, you know. I understand he's just dead to me. Yeah, Cooper, man. Like, man, if Cooper gets shadowed by Ramsey here, like, you know, I know Jalen Ramsey hasn't been as shut down as he, as he has in the past. But 
this is two must-win spots. Both these teams have to win this game. Like, it's it's just such a good spot. Um, you know, finishing up here at the 4 o'clock games for FanDuel and DraftKings, we got Atlanta against San Francisco, 46.5 total here, uh, 49ers favored by 11.5. One of the reasons that I had such a terrible fantasy week last week is because I had hardly any exposure to the New Orleans and San Francisco game, which was terrible. Um, is there anything standing out to you here for Atlanta? Julio's fine without Ridley in that offense. You can take a shot on Blake, Hardy, Zacharias, just because they're cheap price tag without Ridley there. Not going Gage, not going Freeman. Hooper you can take a shot on, but there are other t- good tight end options. I, I'll pretty much play Julio in tournaments a little bit, and that's the only thing. Yeah, I think you could take shots on Julio. I don't hate Gage, but I don't love his price point. Um, they kind of priced him up here with Ridley um, going to be out. I, I don't mind Hooper, and, you know, depending on Freeman, like if Freeman ends up sitting, he's dealing with a knee injury, like that could open up all kinds of trying to figure out who Atlanta's going to play running back again. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, like the San Francisco side of things, Atlanta has been a lot better recently, um, defensively, but they've still really struggled with tight end. So I think if you're wanting to pay up at tight end this week, I think Kittle is another really, really good play. Yeah. Don't mind that at all. Not that he's been a bad play at all. Anytime this season either. Yeah. 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 Kittle just, there's so many other tight ends on the slate is really my problem with Kittle, but. Kittle's Kittle. Uh, the guy that I'm really looking at over on the 49ers is Moster. Um, or Moster, whatever his name is. Uh, he's just been so good recently. Shanahan talked about how they're going to give him more uh, workload here. Like, he's just been hyper efficient and he's just been so darn good. Price tag of 5,200. Way too cheap. I wouldn't play him over on FanDuel's price tag, but 5,200 on DK. He has massive upside against this Atlanta defense. He's really the guy I'm looking at. Yeah, it was interesting. Like, Brita came back last week, and, like, Coleman was the guy that kind of got shifted out. Um, and, you know, Mozart, uh, Mozart, you know, was the guy that, you know, ended up playing quite a bit. You know, he played 63, and the other guys kind of weren't even out there. So, um, I like the Mozart, um, Mozart, you know, call here. I think he's very, very interesting for tournaments. Um, if you're playing on draft or if you're playing on fantasy draft in Yahoo, this next game, the Sunday night football game, the Bills and the Steelers um, is on the main slate. 36 and a half total here. Pittsburgh favored by two in this game. Um, anything kind of standing out to you here for the Bills? Sorry, I'm just trying to pull up pricing right here for the Bills. So it depends on if there's wind in this game. Um, check out the weather report. Day of, if there's some wind, like Josh Allen has been terrible at home so far this year. It's because wind and poor weather. It's being played in Pittsburgh, which isn't much of an upgrade. So check on weather. If the weather, it's not going to be too windy. Like he has some upside. It's not an easy matchup, but he's just got, he can do it with his legs and he can throw the long ball. Uh, I think that you can play Josh Allen. And if it's going to be a little bit windy, like you can play Cole Beasley, who should be getting a decent amount of dump offs. You can play John Brown if there's not going to be a win. We just know that he's such an important part of this offense. And he has touchdown equity. And he has big play upside. He has already had a 37-point game on the season. He's a guy that you could definitely look at if the weather is going to be all right. I think you can look at Singletary, too. Um, he Finally, the Frank Gore experiment is over. Like, Singletary is out-snapping him by almost 60 more percent. So, 
the experiment is over. Singletary is going to be the lead back here. Um, I think he's, you know, kind of interesting. The Pittsburgh defense has been really good this season, and that's kind of why they're favored at home in this game. Um, is there anybody kind of standing out to you here for Pittsburgh? <laughs> like, nope. I don't want any uh, shares of Pittsburgh. I mean, maybe Johnson just because he's been so good recently. It was so good last week and has some upside. You can go with him. You can go with uh, – Washington, but most likely this is a tough, tough Bills defense. I don't really want to use any of these Pittsburgh guys. Do you have um, fantasy draft pricing up in front of you? Yeah. How much is James Conner? James Conner is 13-1. Yeah, see, if he was cheaper, I'd take some shots on him, like it, assuming that he comes back here. But I, I just – I don't really love anything here. If Juju's out, maybe Johnson, but – this is not a game that I like. I like the defenses. I think both defenses are very much in play in this game. And like I said, I don't mind Singletary. Uh, Monday Night Football, we don't have pricing on the showdown slate, but just, you know, kind of give our general thoughts really quick. Um, Colts and Saints, 45 and a half total. Saints favored by eight in this game. Uh, what do you like here for the Colts? I mean, it depends on if Hilton plays. If Hilton doesn't play, I'll play some Marcus Johnson. I think he's a potential – Decent, cheap guy, I'm assuming, when we get pricing. Um, Marlon Mack isn't a terrible play. Brissett's not a terrible play. Doyle's not a terrible play. The only play I really like, though, which, I mean, it's tough to stay considering we don't know what pricing is going to be, is Johnson. Um, Paris Campbell, I think, is on the IR again. Uh, so they're back down to very few wide receivers. If Hilton plays, you can play Hilton. He's going to be playing in a dome. We know what T.Y. Hilton does in a dome. Um but yeah, like it's it's tough to say without pricing, but I mean my favorite play is probably Marcus Johnson. Yeah, that's that's kind of who I would be looking at. I'd guess he'd be the cheaper of the receivers as well. So um I don't mind him. I don't mind Jack Doyle. But uh don't love this spot for Marlon Mack. Uh, I think this is a tough spot for him. And then on the, the Saints side of things, like it's it's Michael Thomas. Captain Michael Thomas. Like, I know he's going to be expensive, but just Captain Michael Thomas. Yep. If you want to use – I mean, obviously, Breeze, Kamara, both in play. If Jared Cook ends up missing, then Josh Hill very much in play. But, I mean, it's fairly cut and dry with the Saints offense. It's Breeze, it's Michael Thomas, it's Kamara. I mean, in a showdown slate, you can absolutely take a shot on a guy like Traquan Smith, who can get you a touchdown, who can get you a big play. But it's Breeze, it's Kamara, it's Michael Thomas. Um, and I don't hate, I don't hate taking a shot on like Ginn or Smith on a showdown slate. I'm guessing those guys are going to be pretty cheap. Just throwing them out there. It's the saints at home. Um, so, all right, let's play the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here. Um, give me a running back, not in the top five in price, uh, to go for over a hundred yards rushing here. Um, I need to pull up pricing again. I, I, I switched things over. Wait. Nope, never mind. I've got it right here. I'm a big dummy. Um, all right, not in the top five. I mean, the obvious one is Barkley. I want to go a little bit off the board, so I'm going to go with Melvin Gordon. All right. I'm not going to go off the board. I'm going to go with Chris Carson. Oh, taking the easy one. Locking them in. Um, give me a wide receiver, not in the top five in pricing, that goes for 100 receiving yards. Um, I'm going with Gallup. Oh, that's who I was going to take, too. Oh, shoot. No, There's it's plenty fine. of options. Uh, 
There's a lot of options, that's for sure. I'll go Robert Woods. I think Robert Woods is one of the best plays on the slate. Neither one of our, neither one of us went with our boy Kenny Galladay. Too easy. Too easy. It's a lock. Yeah, he's too expensive. I, I try to go cheaper. Um, give me a tight end for a touchdown. Who do you got? Uh, no fan. If he ends up playing, if not, then Tyler Higby. Um, I'm going to go Gusecki scores a touchdown this week. That whole wide receiver core might be out. Um, under 5K flex to score over 20 DraftKings points. I'm going ballsy. Josh Gordon. Right, man. I don't know if he gets the twenty, but he's going to crush his price tag this week. Um, I would be shocked if he doesn't. So, I'm going to go with um, Justin Watson. Yeah, kid. I don't know if he gets the twenty though. Uh, give me a quarterback not in the top five that throws for three hundred plus yards. Uh, I'll let you have Goff. I'll take Blau. Yeah, I don't know if I want golf. Like, I. Oh, man. I really want to say Eli throws for 300 yards this week. Oh, gosh. Old man Eli. I know, but. um, You know what? Give me. Give me Minshew. Yeah, kid. Give me the stash. Give me the stash. I'm wearing a shirt that has a mustache on it, so I might as well take the stash. So, uh, any Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Nope, nope. Just always good hanging out with you. Yes, sir. Um, you'll actually be back for basketball tomorrow, so we'll get to do this again tomorrow. Yeah, buddy. All right, that's going to wrap it up here for Thursday, um, week 15. Appreciate you guys listening. We'll be back talking some more NBA tomorrow. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then. Hey, kids.